Hey, what kind of a doctor are you? Me? I'm the unlicensed one. Well, hello there. Welcome to session four with the unlicensed doctor. And today's topic is plastic surgery. Now, what is it that you think about when you think of plastic surgery? Because for me, what pops into my head is a really busty lady with big lips. And I think um, maybe that's rather common for a lot of people. And I think media has a lot to do with it. Because a lot of times um, our only sort of interactions with plastic surgery is through news and different sort of um, media outlets that promote certain individuals that have such aesthetics and sometimes it is rather easy to say that somebody had plastic surgery done because um, their appearance is uh, very exaggerated most of the time in a sort of sexual manner but that's perhaps maybe the type of manner we tend to notice the most uh, but plastic surgery is a lot more than that and it's actually a lot um, how do you say older than we can imagine actually it has existed um, since 3000 BC and that's a long time ago maybe even before that but the oldest transcripts were found in Egypt and that was for no surgery so rhinoplasties this was also a similar in India uh, where a rather famous physician Sushruta uh, developed a type of procedure where he would cut a piece of the cheek and fold it over to form a new nose now you might wonder why were people back then so interested in nose surgery did they all have like giant noses and one tiny ones well you know maybe that could be a, a theory but I think the bigger issue was um, the how easy it was to lose a nose especially if you think about the battles and wars and even punishments because a lot of times somebody was punished by having their nose cut off and considering that is in the middle of your face and kind of the first thing that somebody notices about you it is not rather aesthetically pleasing for somebody to have their nose missing because then they could be either seen as a criminal or somebody that others did not want to be associated with so I'm guessing a lot of mm, physicians or doctors then wanted to invest some of their time doing these procedures. Now you might also think, how did they do this without any anesthetic? Well, I would imagine rather painfully and with a lot of alcohol. I think they used wine to get people extremely drunk so they either would not remember what happened or they would be too drunk to sort of, uh, I guess, feel the pain. But I would imagine an area such as a cheek would be rather sensitive to any sort of cutting. So you probably have to do it very quick and it doesn't give so much time to, how do you say, shape it properly. Um, but then, yeah, these texts were translated into Arabic and eventually taken to Europe where in Italy it was further developed um, for the nose reconstructive surgery. Then as um, science progressed, then there was more development in anesthetics and wound healing and antibiotics and all those good things plastic surgery could really advance and then you could sort of start to uh, change a lot of aspects of the body because you had the means to do it without really hurting the patient and they would probably want more of it because it was easier to access um, and in fact the word plastic surgery is not uh, that new either because again when you think about it it's like oh somebody's made out of plastic and then when you think of plastic, you think like, oh, those plastic bags or plastic containers and, you know, kind of cheap and superficial. Uh, but the word is actually rather old. I mean, it comes from Greek and it means malleable. And it was actually used for 
plastic surgery before we started to produce the plastic material. Um, so it is something that is malleable. And the profession is rather artistic if you think about it. Like you're modeling human flesh, you're modeling the body, you're a sculptor of that person. And in order to do that just right, you have to be so good at anatomy, you have to understand wound healing, you have to understand the skin. Because the skin, it has these stretch, um, how do you say, lines that are sort of sensitive. If you cut across them, not with them, you will create scars. So if you understand how somebody's skin works, how they stretch, how they move, um, where is the tension? You are able, as a plastic surgeon, to create the minimal type of damage and scar tissue imaginable for that person and be very good at what you do. Mm, But... So I think the profession has a lot it can offer because it has sort of two parts. It has the reconstructive surgery part and cosmetic part. So reconstructive surgery is when you restore the function of whatever was kind of lost. So if somebody was burnt, let's say on their arm, they might take a skin graft from the leg and they would put it back on the area and it would restore the function of the skin. So instead of having a giant scar, you would actually have skin on that area of the body. Well, cosmetic surgery is more to do with aesthetics. So how somebody looks, so maybe you remove a mole or you give a breast implant. This is not considered important for function because it will not sort of change how you operate. Then again, maybe big boobs would help you attract more mates. So, you know, could change other aspects of your life. And with that, you know, I kind of want to roll into the idea of like plastic surgery and what it has become now because there's so much media attention to it. And I think we almost tend to forget that it's... um. A medical procedure and I think that's a really big thing because if you present it as something like getting your nails cut or not your nails cut your hair cut well I suppose you can get your nails cut too but like go into the nail salon or I don't know having a wax or something that is not what plastic surgery is it entails a lot of the times anesthetics and medical procedures which can involve medications and of course surgery and that is so important to actually be aware about uh, and to be aware who the doctor is because maybe many doctors would go into this field just for the sort of lucrative patient base and they might have really good advertisers behind them and teams working with it but they might not be a virtuoso in this artistic sense of what a plastic surgeon should be and they might just be doing it as routine sort of parts of um, I, don't, I don't even know what to call it, like just a routine part of surgery that without the sort of artistic touch of really understanding everybody's bodies. Because, I mean, not everybody uh, being a plastic surgeon can be on the same level. And that's why I think it's so important to research a plastic surgeon if somebody's actually going to go and do this. They should not, not just look at the aesthetics of the advertisement, but they should look at the competence of the doctor. And I think a lot of times that is sort of hidden behind the smoke and mirrors of the procedure. And uh, yeah, it's, it's rather interesting because I was reading a few articles and discussions, but um, the idea that, um, for example, a reality TV show actually um, creates a negative image of plastic surgery. So it doesn't have the positive effect that you might imagine. So less people, I think, do the procedure um, than they would otherwise. And then they develop this negative attitude uh, towards plastic surgery because of that. 
and I found that rather interesting um, because in the media you get a lot of cases of um, uh, I guess especially women but even men uh, doing all these surgeries to themselves and becoming almost these caricatures but then again those are at the extreme that's why the media shows it and that's why people are sort of in awe of it but that necessarily means that it is the case Mm, some other things were the discussion of people should have psychiatric evaluations before having certain surgeries, such as bre breast augmentation, so breast implants. And I think they also came to the conclusion that it's not necessary, unless somebody already had a previous psychiatric disorder, it is not necessary to sort of examine them more so. They should be able to sort of freely choose what they want. And this sort of coincides with something that... um. Physician in the States noticed in the um, uh, early 1900s, and that was that a lot of patients were going to doctors um, to have these sort of, to have this need for aesthetic surgery. So maybe they had a malformation that they wanted fixed. And a lot of doctors at the time sort of laughed at them and they thought like, oh, but uh, that's ridiculous. You know, that's not a disease. Why should we be fixing that? And he thought that was really sad because he felt as a doctor, he should be able to help a patient with whatever sort of thing is bothering them. Um, so it shouldn't only include, how do I say, maybe infections and other things. It should also include how they feel about their own bodies. And if something can be improved, why not? And I think that's, um, yeah, I think that's very important to think about because there's this um, balance between what is important for the person? What is, what, what is it that would make them feel good? Because the role of a physician is to aid the person to feel better, uh, be it uh, physically, mentally, aesthetically. Um, I know now there's, um, I mean, plastic surgery encompasses so many aspects. I mean, you know, you have like liposuction and, um, you know, breast augmentation, um, changing of the facial shape. I think the biggest thing is also the sex reconstructive surgery. So if somebody's going from male to female, or male, did I say male to female, female to male? Um, I mean, that's reconstructing genitals. And then it sort of falls in between the two aspects. Is it reconstructive surgery? Is it cosmetic? How much of the function can you actually bring forth uh, to uh, an organ that previously did not exist at this person? Uh, how far can you get there? And I find that rather interesting. I mean, overall, it is a lot easier to um, turn a male into a female than a female into a male or the closest that you can come to that organ aspect because there's a lot of things that are still not um, possible to do surgically. Uh, so I think that's a rather interesting topic and interesting development of where the um, speciality is moving into these days. And my main inter interest sort of lies with psychiatry. And I think, again, these two would be rather connected, especially if somebody is perhaps um, using plastic surgery to try and fix a psychiatric issue. But then again, I don't think it is as common as the media makes it out to be. It's just that those cases are so extreme that I think they garner a lot of attention. Um, all in all, I have a lot of respect for the for the special speciality, but I don't think I, I could ever sort of perform it myself. I feel like there's a lot of responsibility to be a good plastic surgeon and to be able to understand the body and to be able to change it and aesthetically sort of 
fix it the way the person wants. I think there's a lot of sort of responsibility hanging there. But uh, yeah, I think it's rather interesting. If you'd like me to go into any more detailed topic of plastic surgery, maybe breast augmentation or, I don't know, removing toes from your feet and attaching them to your hands, which is a real thing, uh, do let me know. Send me an email at theunlicensedoctor at gmail.com. That's theunlicensedoctor with two Ds in the middle at gmail.com with your topics and I'll uh, bring them up in my future sessions. So thank you for listening and see you next time.